Hello and welcome to our third podcast. Today in studio, or Billy's apartment, <laughs> we have Matt and Craig from Poverty of Ideals, one of Joburg's premier progressive metal bands. Thanks for joining us, guys. What's up? Pleasure. Let's get to know them a little better. So Poverty of Ideals have been going since 2009. That makes you one of the first South African prog metal bands. So what was it like helping to build the genre? Wow, difficult question. We, I think when we started Poverty of Ideals, we didn't ever imagine we were going to be a progressive metal band. We had the idea of, you know, start a band. I think we didn't really have any goals. We just, you know, we all, all these kind no, we of were, we yeah. were actually going to be an all metal band with yeah, the vocalists and everything, but I mean, it took us like two years of auditioning vocalists and other guitar players. We didn't find anybody, so we just actually ended up where we are. We didn't exactly plan to, you know, we didn't set out to be a prog, a prog band. We just sort of, I think, I think matured into, into yeah, one. I think the fact that we're all musicians and we studied music, it's the only route to go as a musician playing metal music. It's mm. the only way to grow, you know. Playing the standard metalcore, there's only so much you can do. Whereas progressive music, you can go wherever you like. And I think that's what kind of drew us to the progressive mm. movement. But it's cool being one of the only bands. It's nice that we stick out and people know progressive metal band, probably of ideals. Who else in South Africa is doing that? So mm. It's good to know. So what kind of support has that received? Mixed. Yeah, I suppose it's the same as um, most genres in our small little scene, you know. We've got very few venues. Support is, I wouldn't say amazing, but I mean, we've got a tight-knit tight, tight -knit sort of um, support structure. You know, same, same people at every show. Yeah, um, that's one positive. good thing. The guys who support the scene are there every, yeah, every week. You know, properly you're not gonna, supported, yeah. A lot of the time it's the same faces, which is great. Um, when a new face does come, they enjoy it, which is great, you know, it's growing. Slowly but surely it's growing, the shows are getting bigger. And yeah, hopefully in the next couple of years it'll be a big scene, you know, where a lot more progressive metal bands are hopefully coming out, mm. doing what we're doing, more people we can play with. Because at the moment that's one of our problems as well, we, we don't know who we can play with. We, I guess we can play with anyone, but choosing a scene to play with is very difficult as well. Yeah, it's hard to, to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to stand out. Yeah. Um, how does being a three-piece band influence your writing? Mm, well, for, from a guitar perspective, it uh, makes a big difference. Um, you sort of got to um, make up for the lack of a second guitar. So, you, you know, it sort of forces you to write more interesting riffs, more, more interesting uh, sort of lead passages yeah. and whatnot. So it's, it's a lot different. Uh, it took a lot of getting used to, actually. I was very used to also with Story and other bands I've been in, you know, having a second guitar player sort of splits the work. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of work, yeah, falls onto Craig. He's mm. our main writer. He's the guy who comes with the riff, so it's difficult for us. You know, sometimes Kyle, he plays guitar as well, so he'll bring an idea, but majority of the time it's Craig bringing ideas, which is cool. So basically, Craig brings an idea, we all put our input in, and it's, it's nice that there is a lot of space, especially for a bassist. I get to do a lot more you know, I get to do a lot of stuff I wouldn't do if I was playing with two guitars because it wouldn't really stick out. Mm. Now I'm kind of filling that second guitar spot. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's nice that at least people can hear the bass and understand what's going on that side of the spectrum of things. Yeah, it also makes a big difference, you know, not having a, a vocalist for the same reason. You have to sort of make everything a little bit more interesting. You know, you've got to be, yeah. you've, you've got to capture people's attention. If you don't have that front man who's constantly, you know, pointing at you or getting your attention and hyping up the crowd, We've got to find other ways to do that. And we try and do that by writing interesting music. Awesome. And then, well, performance-wise, um, what do you do to compensate for that? How does being three-piece with no vocals influence that? We, we, 
for a long time we didn't really take it into account and um, we just played as a normal band and it was very awkward to speak to the crowd where you know you're playing music and then you have to say something it becomes very awkward we're getting we're getting used to we've, we're starting to incorporate a lot of the things we use on the album um, interludes stuff like that to just fill up the awkward silence so we don't have to talk we can let people talk amongst themselves while we have a sip of water we do <laughs> tend to you know um, give it our all live you know that's i think that's maybe one of our selling points we really enjoy what we play and i think people can see that yeah i mean for us it's performance wise we'd still perform the same if we had a vocalist if we had a five-piece band a six-piece band whatever yeah. the, the the main thing for us is like you said in between songs chatting to the crowd and, and you know we don't have that yeah i know i'm personally very awkward with a microphone i hate it i hate it i'd rather if i'm hiding behind my guitar that's cool <laughs> um, we don't mind, so yeah, like you said, we try to incorporate our interludes into into the show just to ease the transition from song to song. Yeah. <laughs> Poverty of Ideals is a very technical band. Um, tell us how you reached that sort of level of playing and why you went that route. Good question. Um, I think the, the fact that we're musicians, you know, it's nice to be able to push yourselves. Kyle and Craig teach full time, that's what they do. They don't work a normal job they play their instruments all day every day so for them I think to have an outlet where you can do whatever you want and not play the generic chorus verse it becomes a lot more free you know it's giving your days of teaching mm. you can take all those things you've taught your students and build it into a whole crazy song of weird techniques and yeah well, for, for me it's it's like the, the the more you learn you know the more you can progress which is why again why we sort of attracted to this genre of music because we can we can do whatever we want. We not we don't have to stick to one simple formula. We also try to, um, you know, incorporate a lot of different styles. So I personally might not like jazz. You know, you wouldn't find a jazz album in my car, but it's not going to stop me from learning some jazz pieces on guitar. You know, you, you have to, in order to better yourself. If you're not moving forward, you're not going anywhere. You know, you, you yeah. have to learn other things, incorporate that into your, into your music, um, and that's how we sort of try and attain this sort of technicality in, in the music. You know, we, we like to push ourselves, we like to, we like to write songs that we actually have to practice for yeah. months and months and months before we can actually play them live. We don't want to just write a song, oh cool, we can learn it at practice, play it that weekend. You know, take, we put a lot of time yeah. into our songs. We, we don't write our songs on Guitar Pro, we don't, we don't uh, record a riff and, and write songs like that, we literally get yeah, together. Very natural. The three of us, we get together and we bang it out in the, in the band room, you know? We, I'll, I'll play a riff, Carl will come up with something, I'll be like, no, that's crap, you know? <laughs> Make it better, Carl will say the same to me, we'll do the yeah. same to Matt, we're all pushing each other to be as, as technical as we can, yeah. you know? Yeah, obviously without ruining it, there's a lot yeah, of yeah. melody and a lot of times we do just play simple 4-4, four, four. like a new song we've written, it's, you'll notice that the whole end of the song is a simple 4-4 four, four groove for about two minutes, but mm. it's nice, it's, no, no, no. it kind of sticks out when we're playing all this technical stuff to be able to just play something very chilled, and mm. I think it works well. And that's another great part of playing technical music. You notice the gaps, you notice the little spaces in between, and I think that's what makes it even better. Mm. Congratulations on your new album, Barriers. Um, how was it recorded, and, and what were the biggest challenges you guys faced in studio? Um, <laughs> well, biggest challenge, you know, for bands, it's the same for everybody is, is always funding. You know, it's expensive to get into a studio and to record an album. Especially, like I said earlier, the way that we write music is we don't have it all recorded. You know, we like to play it together. So we, we, we're all together. Um, the way we recorded was in Carl's bedroom, a laptop, straight into the DI, recorded a lot of the, uh, a lot of the riffs on clean. 
That's oof, drove me crazy. Recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah. riffs on, on clean and solos and stuff. Um, the biggest challenge, yeah, again, was funding. That's why we did it in the bedroom. Uh, we were lucky enough to to have a mate in London who has very nice equipment. So we actually sent him everything we recorded, and he sent it back to us, and it was just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, was yeah. Amazing. From what we sent to what we received was you know 100% increased. It was yeah, we were really blown away, and we were super happy because a lot of the, a lot of the recording process, we were very like unmotivated because it all sounded so bad. It was clean guitars. We're like, oh, this album's going to sound like crap. And, um, you know, I think if we had played it to someone who'd never heard our band, they would have probably never listened to us again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just, yeah. And when it came back, it sounded brilliant. We are really happy with it. And we'd definitely go back to him. We will go back to him again soon. Excellent. And if people want to buy the album, where can they get hold of it? Pretty much anywhere. Um, you can grab it on iTunes, Bandcamp, Amazon, any sort of online music store. It's, it should be there. Um, we sell it live at shows and also on the Agent Audio website, just www.agentaudio.co.za. There's a link, we'll come deliver it to your house. It'll be one of us, pick it up at a gig, check us out. Okay, you recently signed to Agent Indie Records. What are the pros and cons of being signed to a label? I think we got so lucky there. Um, it's actually my boss, the company I work at. He, you know, he's, he likes to be very proactive and he's got a lot of different companies running. And um, he's first time he heard our band, he was blown away. He really enjoyed it. And he thought about it for a long time, opening up a, a record label. So basically, we're like the guinea pigs. You know, he, he opened it. He gave us the money that we needed. Like Craig said, that really saved us and getting barriers out. We wouldn't have got it out without Agent Indie Records. It cost quite a bit of money, even though we didn't record, you know, the, the artwork, actually paying the guy to mix it. Mm. So he, he really saved us, like without him we wouldn't have barriers and f we're eternally grateful for that and there's, in my opinion, there's no cons because... Yeah, but like you said, we did get lucky because it's not yeah. a, it's not a uh, sort of your typical um, signing, you know, he, yeah. he understands we're not a band that's going to sell like a million albums and go on like a world tour and make millions at stadium concerts, you know, so it's, uh, the way he structured it, it's literally just like a, a financial, financial backing. Um, he helps us, you know, he'll front us the money and we pay him back at a, yeah. a, a, a you know, within, within reasonable terms as well. You yeah, know, it's he, not obviously he's, he's getting a bit out, but that's only fair. You, you took the risk. Yeah. You need a bit of a return. Um, and, you know, if things work out for us, there's a chance of getting other bands on and making it a proper thing. You know, mm. he's, he's very artist driven and he's not about the money. Like he always says, it's not about putting the bread in my pocket. It's about supporting the scene. Mm. What's his name? His name is Barry Gordon Davis. He has a couple companies, um, Agent Group, Agent Audio, he runs a, he's a lawyer, he runs labor things and it's Agent Indie Records. Um, now, like we said, hopefully it can grow to a proper, a proper label mm. where we can sign bands, get a proper roster. Tell us about your experience with now having a booking agent. Yeah, it does take a lot of um, work out of our hands, not work out of our hands, but a lot of effort we don't have to put in that side of things. It's very demanding and like we were discussing earlier, it's hard to, if, if you are getting somewhere and guys are booking you, it's difficult to keep them all in track and in order. And mm -hmm. it's nice to have someone to, you know, we don't have to go at the end of the show and ask for the guy to pay us. That's you know, his thing. We keep that, hope, we try to keep it separate from the music. Mm. Obviously, you know, if you'd like to take it seriously, you need to kind of make money to afford to do it. Mm. And it's nice to have someone to, you know, look after that for you. Okay, when do you feel it necessary for, for a band to have one? Oh, it's, it's all dependent on how serious you take your band, I think. Um, if, you do, mm. if you're doing it for fun on the weekends and you're not looking at you know, making any money, then you don't really need one. 
if you want to, you know, try get somewhere and try get bigger shows and better shows, it's it's nice to have someone who knows those people who can, you know, work your way in there. It's very difficult to get slots and I think Ramfest, you know, we were mm. lucky to get Ramfest with our booking agents. And a lot of bands might not have that opportunity because they don't know who to go to, they don't know who to approach. The the normal submissions are very flooded a lot of the time and it's difficult to get noticed when there's a million other bands. Yeah, and I think the, the, the value that you should take from having a booking agent is uh, the connections, you know, that's what our industry is yeah. all about. You know, it's 80% who you know. It's, you could be, regardless of how good your band is or how crap they are, it's who you know in the industry and that's the value you should take from a booking agent. You know, if, if you're gonna sign to a booking agency, you gotta make sure they sort of, you know, know their way around the scene, they know the right people like he said, for your Ram Fests, your Opie Copies, you know, all our, our big festivals, that's the route you want to go. You don't need a booking agency to, to book a show at your local pub down the road or the few venues that we do have. You don't need a booking agent for that. It's more for the, the bigger, yeah. bigger festivals. It's, it's definitely, it helps with the publicity as well, yeah. we'd like to think. It, you know, having a bit of backing, having names behind you is always a great thing. Mm. Having people who have faith in you and put faith in you, it's, it's, you know, it's, you can't get it anywhere else, you know. You can play the most amazing music, but if no one's backing you and supporting you, it's, it becomes 10 times more difficult. Mm. Do you have any advice for local aspiring bands or musicians? I'll keep Craig's word. Craig always says at every interview, you know, hang around with guys who are better than you at what you do. Mm. Hang around with guitarists that are great. You know, learn from guys who are better than you. Don't settle for average mediocre. Keep pushing, keep striving. Practice more, work harder. Don't be a dick. <laughs> And that's, yeah. I, I know, you know, it sounds funny, but it's like, it really does ring true. It's, we've got, yeah. it's such a small scene. There's no, there's no time, you know, I'm not going to deal with somebody that's, that's an ass. Um, it's, yeah. that's just how it is. Um, yeah. if you, if you, an awesome person, you know, you will more than likely work together again. If you aren't, we won't. Thanks so much to Matt and Craig for taking the time to join us in studio. We hope it gave you a clearer insight into the local music scene and what it takes to make it. Shot for listening and thanks for all the support guys. Episode 4 is on the way. Until then, keep rocking to all that's live, loud and local. Hey.